We welcome back to the show my great friend and mentor, General Jack Keane, retired four-star general, chairman of the Institute for the Study of War, Fox News senior strategic analyst, and Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient. God bless. I was in the room when he received that award. General Keene, welcome back, sir. We appreciate it very, very much. Yeah, delighted to be here with you and your audience. Uh, look forward to it. Thank you, sir. So I'd like to talk about uh, Joe Biden's um, throwing out the word Armageddon, meaning nuclear Armageddon. He said it at a Democratic fundraiser, I guess, on Thursday it sent a lot of high anxiety around the country, nuclear war. He referred back to the Cuban Missile Crisis, which is a somewhat different situation. Uh, and then on Friday, the White House told reporters there was no new information about any Putin intentions regarding nukes that might have prompted Mr. Biden's focus on a potential, I guess, tactical nuclear weapon. Anyway, I wanted to get your take on it, sir. What is this all about? Yeah, well, we certainly don't know for sure whether this was uh, President Biden, you know, sort of exaggerating uh, some of the challenges that he's facing as president to dramatize it at a fundraising audience for that effect, fundraising. Uh, Or is this something he seriously believes? Uh, that Armageddon, so to speak, and the potential of nuclear wars is around the corner. I, I mean, if he if, if he truly believed it, then why is he not uh, speaking to the American audience uh, from the Oval Office about a serious existential threat that we're facing and telling the American people what he's doing about it? He should also go to the Congress of the United States and seek legislation condemning Russia's actions and I, that would be so overwhelmingly bipartisan. I think no one would vote against it. And also allies and partners. I mean, why wouldn't we pull our allies together to deal with this and make certain uh, that we're putting together a deterrence? And I also think uh, those who, if, if something like this happened, India would no, no longer be neutral. They would likely sever the relationship with Russia, and they should be talked to, and even China. I think, Larry, that China, if a nuclear weapon went off in Ukraine, China would see that, in my view, as a reckless act, uh, not needed whatsoever. And also, it puts in the minds of those uh, countries around China, South Korea, Japan, Taiwan, all who have technology capable of rapidly developing nuclear weapons to put on the table, do they now have to have something that preserves the regime themselves. So, yeah, his actions don't measure up to the words that he was using, in my view, and it was likely he was dramatizing it somewhat. Mm. You know, that last point is so interesting, that these other countries would want to accelerate their own activities uh, towards nuclear weapons, which is the kind of proliferation spread that we don't want. What... um, (laughs) I don't, I just don't understand. Look, you're in, te- you're involved in the intelligence community, among other things. I mean, are you hearing that? I know Putin threw this out. I know Putin started this a few weeks ago. Are you hearing anything regarding what Putin might do? I mean, his military situation, uh, as you have taught us, is deteriorating rapidly. Everybody knows that's become front page news. You were, you were there quite some, many weeks ago. 
But, I mean, what is there out there that might have prompted Biden to all of a sudden put this on the table? No, I I, I don't know. I mean, what uh, certainly you have to take uh, Putin's brandishment of nuclear weapons and veiled threats. His surrogates, uh, you know, use much more direct uh, words to describe it. And you have to take that seriously. And I accept the administration at face value when they say that they believe the consequences of uh, Russia doing that would be catastrophic for Russia. And they have conveyed to Russia what that would be with some degree of specificity. Uh, and, and, I, and I, I'll take that at face value. I think where Putin sits, um, if he was going to seriously think about using a nuclear weapon, I know he wants us to think he's thinking about using a nuclear weapon. That that much is a fact. Whether he really is making a serious uh, uh, consideration is another matter. We can't measure that. I don't think we have any information on it, frankly. Hmm. Uh, but what for the catastrophic consequences that have been delivered to Putin, the question I ask myself is, There's two things to have deterrence, Larry. One is the capability, and obviously we have capability here. We would not respond in kind with a nuclear weapon, a counterattack. I don't see that at all. And secondly, we would probably not put any troops into Ukraine. But I do believe uh, that a nuclear weapon in Ukraine with the radiation spread would bring the United States and NATO into an air and missile attack on Russian forces inside of Ukraine, which would be quite devastating. And it would end the war in a sense. The Russian military would be destroyed. Uh, Putin certainly understands that. But does he believe Biden would do it? Mm. I mean, that, so you have to have the capability, which we have. Mm. Putin knows that. And two, your adversary has to believe that you will execute. And, and that's the concern I have when it comes to Putin and Biden, because the undercurrent of the administration, even to this day, is don't provoke Putin. Mm. That that it was there before the war. Don't send the Trump lethal weapons that have been programmed in March of 21 when 70,000 showed up on the border. And the president said, well, the reason I'm delaying it because I don't want to provoke Putin. And then we wouldn't give Putin, uh, we wouldn't give the Ukrainians advanced weapons. Don't provoke Putin. Mm. We're still holding back. I mean, I was in the Ukrainian embassy yesterday talking to their military leaders and the ambassador, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how we can help them uh, with the struggle they're facing and the struggle that they face every day uh, with the United States government, which has been very supportive of them, but also holds back. And they need uh, something called the Army Tactical Missile System. It's a long-range, 200-mile missile which can reach the uh, the bases that are inflicting damage on Ukraine uh, from Crimea. And the Russians know full well the limitations of the, the HIMARS weapons, which have been very good for Ukrainians. They've been devastating. But the Russians have pulled everything back beyond their range. And, and the Ukrainians, I think, legitimately... Give us the longer range missile. So, I mean, this has been going on for weeks. They want advanced fighters, F 16s. The chief of staff of the Air Force is all in. Uh, but uh, the policymakers are 
are debating whether they should do this or not. And it all it's the undercurrent, once again, of don't provoke Putin. And, and I think you really got to give the Ukrainians as much means as possible to defeat this Russian army and regain their territory. It makes the most sense. It's the best deterrence uh, in pushing Russia back on its heels and taking away Putin's ambitions to retake the former Soviet republics that are now part of NATO. And, 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 you know, talking to Polish leaders, they, that's what they saw. It, the Polish leader, the director of the National Security Burial, uh, equivalent to Jake Solomon, said generally, he said, we are fighting the war that we knew we were going to fight against Russia in the future. Mm. And that is why I'm taking tanks and other vehicles out of my operational units and giving them to the Ukrainians so they can defeat the Russian army now. Mm. And we don't have to fight it later. And that should be what most people in Europe see. Establish this deterrence and and certainly defeat the Russian army now. To your point, uh, the, the first point you made there, if if President Biden's going to talk about fears of Armageddon and, and, and Putin using uh, nukes, shouldn't he have said what you just said, that we will crush you in effect? We will crush you if you try this? But he didn't say that. He didn't say that. Uh, what what they have said, to quote them, and he's used, uh, you know, the Secretary of State and uh, Jake Sullivan, the National Security uh, Advisor, on various talk shows to carry the message that we have told uh, the Kremlin leadership that would be catastrophic consequences if they used a tactical weapon, nuclear weapon, and we have specified to them what those consequences would be. Uh, I'm assuming, I can only assume, that they've told them what we would do to the Russian military inside of Ukraine, which would guarantee Putin loses the war. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm, I'm assuming they're taking them at face value. Mm. I, mean, I don't see how you can distort something like that to the American people uh, when when the when the threat here is serious, and you have to take it seriously. I do think, though, Larry, that the probability of Putin's doing this, despite his brandishment, despite the bluster surrounding this, I mean, what he really wants here is to force uh, the United States and the international community to slow down their support for the Ukrainians mm. and also force the Ukrainians to the negotiating table by, by brandishing the fear of, of nuclear weapons. I, we at ISW think the probability is low mm. and uh, <clears throat> because of the negative results to Putin. Mm. Uh, you know, mm. he, he loses the war as a result of it. And you would want to use a tactical nuclear weapon to end the war on your, to your favor. But I, for a fact, I mean, just talking to the uh, Ukrainian ambassador yesterday, who's clear-eyed and very direct and... Uh, a wonderful representative of our, our country and our president said, uh, "General, if, they, if he used a nuclear weapon, uh, we would continue to fight. The, American, the Ukrainian people will continue to fight. The mm. soldiers will continue to fight. Uh, we, we would never give up. Mm. So that they, their resolve would increase uh, as yes. a result of it." I just uh, look. This is your field, not mine. But I, I just, you know, hearing this from. President Biden and and the lack of a strong response. I mean, just as you have described it, 
uh, it just struck me as a sort of, I don't know, exclamation of weakness is what it sounded to me. It's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, Armageddon is coming. And, um, you know, we're in a much stronger position. This is the United States military, for heaven's sakes, and add on NATO. I mean, it just struck me as an expression of weakness, General Keene. And as you know, I don't like that kind of weakness. I mean, I worked for Ronald Reagan. I worked for Trump. I've been in the game a while. I don't like weakness. This is America. Yeah, I know. And I and, and it's unfortunate. I, I, I don't think he thought he was going to be recorded. Uh, oh. I, I do believe he was dramatizing this thing a little bit mm. for the sake of the fundraising audience. Um, sometimes I think he forgets, you know, mm. the that every word he says uh, goes around the world very quickly. And he says a lot of inappropriate things as we all, as we all know, having watched this now uh, for two years. But I mean, to be frank, Larry, I mean, you're, you're, you're right. I, I think from the very perception of the Biden administration, when they came into power, that Putin saw this as an echo of Obama, somebody that he mastered, I think for eight years, and and Obama just refuses to refuse to confront him, and back down time and time again. And I thought, I believe he he thought that uh, mm. President Biden would be quite similar. And he put seventy thousand troops on the border of Ukraine in March of twenty one, and Biden had nearly been in office sixty days, and Biden's reaction to that was to stop the the delivery of, of weapons that had been ordered by the Trump administration to Ukraine, to Ukraine, March of that year. Right. And then, then president Biden made a public statement because he was queried about why are you delaying the shipment of weapons to Ukraine? He said, because we do not want to provoke Putin. Mm. Well, that was music to Putin's ears. And he, you know, he put his money down, Mm. I think on Biden being similar to Obama and, and there he hears it in mm. Biden's own words. Mm. Mm. And he shows up after the Afghanistan fiasco with 170,000 troops mm. in the fall and conducts an invasion. And, and I think these are all related. So that's the concern. Yes, it is a weak statement mm. for sure. General and, and particularly that he didn't follow it up. I know. Uh, with something much stronger. Yeah, on Friday. I know. General Keene, let me just take a quick break, and you'll come back for a few more minutes, sir. I want to ask you about the military situation. And there's also a lot of loose talk uh, in diplomatic circles about something called an off-ramp. Anyway, uh, if you would be kind enough to stay, sir. We're talking to the great sure. General Jack Keene uh, on all things related to uh, U.S.-Soviet uh, relations and, of course, the war in Ukraine. I'm Larry Kudlow. We'll take a quick break. Be right back. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking with General Jack Keane, retired four-star general, chairman of the Institute for the Study of War, Fox News senior strategic analyst, and uh, blessedly Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient. General Keane, just in our, I guess we got four minutes left because we went a bit long, but it was terribly important what you told us. A uh, lot of talk about off-ramps. Uh, Putin's off-ramp. Is Biden looking for an off-ramp? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it reads to me like the Ukrainians are doing very, very well. But what's, uh, what are you thinking about this business of off-ramps? Yeah, well, I, I, I think certainly one of the objectives of the Biden administration, I mean, they, 
they have ceased a while ago, stopped talking about total victory for Ukraine, driving all the Russians out of their territory. I think they're, they're trying to support the Ukrainians with most of what they want, not everything. Uh, and so that the Ukrainians can be successful, retake a lot of their territory and then have some real leverage going into negotiations. Russia would negotiate with Ukraine today. Uh, and the reason for that is because they would want to stop the counteroffensive that's taking retaking Russian territory. Mm. But the Ukrainians, rightfully so, are not doing that. So I, I think that's where the administration is. I mean, they don't talk about this publicly, but I, I think you have to read between the lines and also watch actions to come to that conclusion. Uh, in terms of off-ramps, I don't think we should worry about Putin and his off-ramp. I mean, why we would want to think about designing some kind of off-ramp for him. What, what we have in Putin, I believe, is an evil man, and we've known that for 20-plus years. But he's not an irrational actor. He's capable of making strategic mistakes, the bl blundering into an invasion of Ukraine when not having a, a capable military to accomplish such a... a such a significant challenge is, is a huge mistake on his part, for sure. But one thing we know about Putin, self-preservation. Mm. And, and he'll figure out a way uh, to make certain that, that somehow, some way, he's able to have his off-ramp, so to speak, and make certain that he and his regime are going to survive this, because that is what he is about. That's what President Xi is about. That's what the supreme leader in Iran is about. They're all from the same stripes when it comes to that self-preservation, not just their own life, but the regime itself. He'll, I don't think we should worry about it. What should or try to set him up for something? He's going to figure that out himself. What we need to do is just help the Ukrainians press the fight. Right. And that's been your take all along. Uh, events have proven you to be right. Um what do we need to do now? I mean, no, let me rephrase that. The Ukrainians have made a lot of progress in the east, in the northeast, even some progress in the south. Uh, just got a minute left. Uh, what happens next in your judgment, General Keene? Yeah, what they're getting ready to do is conduct a third offensive into the Saparisa Oblast. Uh, which is between the east and the southern uh, offensives that are taking place right now. And that would take them to eventually retaking Mariupol, mm. uh, which they lost several months ago. They don't have the logistics throughput for that right now, but they're building it in place. And that's what they have on the horizon to continue the counteroffensive. Russia, they want to stop the bleeding, Larry. They're going to try to double the forces on the ground to do that, mm. to hold back the Ukrainians. All right. General Jack Keane, can't thank you enough, sir. Terrific stuff.